Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. Hello and welcome to the Worst Idea of All Time, episode 27. My name is Tim Bat. My name is Guy Montgomery, and we are now in the 27 Club. Yeah, we are. Uh, with such illustrious company as Mama Cass, Jimi Hendrix. Jim Morrison, uh, Amy Winehouse, Janis Joplin. We've made it. Some, and, uh, some of the greats. I am ready to join that club in more ways than one right now because th- that was a very sad watch. Well, I am pretty much ready in my life. Uh, Tim, while I am inclined yes. to agree with you, uh, actually quickly, well, you know, uh, obviously Tim and I are still in different parts of the world. Uh, I'm yes. currently in Sydney, Australia. I got here last night and I woke up and, of course, my first point of order was to check in with my good friends Carrie, Samantha, <laughs> Charlotte and Miranda, and Tim, if I'm not mistaken, it's the sound of tropical birds and waves in the background. Yeah, I'm coming to you via satellite uh, from tropical Phuket, Thailand, in like literally paradise. I'm in a five-star resort. It is sick. I don't know if it's it's. I don't know if it'll get picked up on the microphone, but there's waves that have just been crashing, um, which has seeped slowly in around my headphones, which has been giving me sex in the city too for the last two and a half hours. So you watched the movie Outdoors today? Yeah, on our balcony, um, which faces the beach. Like I re- I'll take a photo because it's fucking unbelievable, to be honest. 30 degree heat, 87% humidity. For our American brothers and sisters, it's like 80 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'm in the lap of luxury and I couldn't be sadder about it. It's the same percentage of humidity for those uh, maths freaks who are confused there. Uh, well, I couldn't be... I'm in a pretty different situation, so I... Slept on a couch last night at my friend's house, and they all were up and at him early on this morning. Uh, and now I just sort of woke up as they left and turned it on. 
the movie. I kind of feel like I've done something bad or naughty. Like I, they've let me yeah. into their house and I've just taken a shit in the lounge. <laughs> I hear you. I feel like I've really sullied this gorgeous, well manicured ground that I'm on by um, just shitting on it with this film. It's like, it was just—I was just filled with sadness this week more than anything else. It's just such a depressing, sad watch. Like it honestly, it took a lot to bring me down from the fabulous holiday I've been having in this this great little resort. But it did it. Mission accomplished. Well done, you bitches. You got me again. Didn't know you had it in you. Well, yeah, I I felt pretty sad. I was I'm, my body's very confused as to what the time is as well. So it was a real energy journey as well as an emotional journey um uh. i mean there's not a lot to enjoy there was a little bit during the movie where a sort of i was um i became quite zen i think i might have i can't remember if i've spoken about this before but where it's sort of like you're in such a what i imagine it would feel like in the middle of a marathon or whatever, when suddenly your brain clicks over from being like, oh, this is so arduous and exhausting to like, you're just sort of so stuck in the moment that your brain gets to wander down actual interesting or practical avenues of thought. But the trouble right. was, as soon as I realized that, I sort of broke the zen-like spell. Ah, so you've started meditating using Sex in the City too. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think there is there was definitely uh, a sort of familiar... Um, tinge to the movie this week in the same way that I, I remember the experience with Grown Ups too, And actually, that might have been brought on very early on in the film. Uh, the wedding invitation that they reveal uh, yeah. for Stanford and Anthony's wedding uh, tells us that the wedding is in Connecticut. Uh, yes, and she says that in the voiceover as well because it's one of the few places at the time when the film was made that had uh, same-sex marriage legalised. Well... And I couldn't help but start getting really riled up and excited at the prospect of Lenny and the boys gate-crashing the wedding. Holy shit, I forgot. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, what witchcraft is this? Well, this is the thing, That's right? That's an amazing find. How have we not picked that up before? I really, I really don't shit. know. But I thought, you know, that it, maybe Lenny knows... Maybe Lenny was friends with Steve at university or whatever, and so he knows he's coming in to see Steve at the wedding. So he's like, "Oh, yeah, you can come in and just don't make any ruckus," and all the guys just show up and go ballistic. And the thing is, wow, I feel like you know they all share probably a similar um, sense of <laughs> sense of humor, like you know all the like all the ladies are making those great classic homophobic gags at the wedding and big yeah. I feel like they could slide right in with that particular band of merry men I would love to see a movie where Lamonsoff, Lenny everyone else is desperately falling over themselves to uh, try not to offend gay people while having no experience <laughs> with people other than the redneck community they grew up in. It would be such a delightful comedy. Can you not imagine that big wedding moment? Mazel Tov, where Carrie gives us that classic voiceover, like it or not, tradition creeps in, if uh, Lamonsoff just busted out a piping hot burp snart <laughs> to celebrate the matrimony. And like, There is something uniquely disgusting <laughs> about describing the burp snart as piping hot. That is visceral and disgusting. I don't know. I just, just made me gag. Because uh, 
it's this isn't really important to you, listener, but Tim and I uh, suffered through a technical hitch when we planned to watch the movie yesterday, but it didn't time out. And accordingly, I spent about four hours of my flight uh, from Kuala Lumpur to Sydney just thinking about all the different, like, just thinking about Sex in the City 2 and the whole, you know, what we're doing. And I was, growing up, Stu was creeping in there. Um, <laughs> Take me through your notes because you wrote some stuff down, eh? Yeah. I wrote some stuff on the plane. Uh so, I started off re- trying to recount the plot, but it, it, I got bored. I had, hi, I'm Carrie. I live in New York City with all my friends and have done for quite a while now. We used to be tolerable, but isn't it how funny how time changes things? <laughs> uh, oh. And then the next plot point I had was, we're all at a wedding, a gay wedding. It is very important. We emphasize it's gay. Why is that, you ask? Well, originally, because we thought it might be a good opportunity to celebrate marriage equality and show how progressive we are. But the more we went on, the more we discovered it was a great opportunity to milk for laughs. Um, yeah, it's like in Broad City. Um, what's the other girl's name who's not Lana? Uh, uh, Abby. Abby. Abby goes to Lana. You know, sometimes you're so unracist that you're actually just racist. This movie's <laughs> like that. It's like they're so desperate to try and prove that homosexuality is okay that they're definitely, definitely not okay with it. Yeah, well, but so the thing is, I wound up sort of trying to create all these uh, through lines between Sex and the City Two and Grown Ups Two. Um, like I was trying to figure out which which Grown Ups Two character is which Sex and the City Two character. Oh yeah, have we have we played that game before? I'm not sure if we have. The strongest I connection I made was Samantha and Higgins. <laughs> because like they're the most likable, probably. All they're trying to do is get some. Get some nookie yeah. or whatever they want, whatever yeah, colloquial so term true. they want to call it. Like they've got quite similar hair too. It's kind of like yeah. wispy and blonde. All this shit's happening around them, and all they want to do is, you know, bang the pizza boy or girl or whatever. Uh, you'd be forgiven for forgetting, ladies and gents at home, that Higgins is played by David Spade. Uh, I don't know that you would be forgiven if you've made it this. I'll f- if you've made right, it this I'll forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll forgive you, guy. Will not. That's how it stands at the moment. Uh, and then it was tr- like Carrie, I thought was Lenny just because they're the protagonist. Yeah, and they're both kind of um, frustratingly presented as if you're supposed to care about them, but undeniably. It's, uh, it's hard too. What's the word for like you can't sympathize with someone? Because it's not unsympathetic, because that means they're not being sympathetic, but like it's impossible to sympathize with them. Horrible? Oh, fuck with? I mean, horrible I is a pretty is good word. synonym for unsympathetic. Uh, Whatever then, it is, well, but that, I'm sorry, I mean, keep going. There's still these, Who's lame and soft? Well, I mean, it was sort of a toss-up, but I thought Charlotte and lame and soft are probably the most similar in that yeah. they're sort of, they're both just quite a menace to be around. Like, there's, there's, not, <laughs> there's not a lot of positives to be gleaned from their company. And they're also destroying their relationships through, like, stunted development and an uh, ability to communicate. Uh, with Charlotte, it's in that she doesn't talk about any of her relationship affairs with Runkle. She just sort You're of going deep. Yeah, I love it. And with Lamonsoff, it's that he keeps fucking sneaking off to watch days of his lives with his mum, instead of hanging out with his sweet ass wife. Yeah. And yeah, and then that sort of left just by virtue of being the so only. So then that makes by that reckoning that makes Steve Sally, doesn't it? Uh, Miranda. And Mackenzie. 
Um, Steve said, oh, yeah, 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 oh. yeah, yeah. Stephen Sally, yeah. I mean, Stephen Sally, now, there's a movie. If we could somehow get the, <laughs> if this, we could somehow get the rights to these characters. Steve, Mrs. Lemonsoff and Steve trick it out. I think they would be a dynamite couple. And I'll the be thing the first is, to say they it. probably went to some like frat or sorority party together at university with Lenny, like, you know, and saw each other in passing, but nothing came of it. This is the train in the night situation that should have been. Yeah, I, I mean, mean ships. This is like what a, is it saying? Whatever it is, ships and yeah, trains travel by night too, but they usually <laughs> since they're on one rail, they don't sort of just glide yeah. past each other like ships. Imagine if they did though. That this is, it's sort of like something a, happened at night. What it would just wind up like able to go through <laughs> each other. What would wind be up cool. being? Well, that's like a Harry Potter plot. It would be like a this would be like a sliding doors butterfly effect. Sex in the City two grown ups two mashup, where. <laughs> We could unpack the backstories and sort of see how how it could have been. Well, I would relish the opportunity to do so, um, but I don't think anyone's going to part with the rights to these rich franchises that are clearly <laughs> gearing up for more sequels. Do you think we're going to see another Grown Ups? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I feel like Adam Sandler's just chucking whatever he wants at that Netflix deal, so it wouldn't. Yeah, he's got. A, what has he got to fill up there? Seven movies, is it that he signed? Yeah, I think he's done two. I almost watched The Cobbler on the plane. I've heard such weird, disparate things about The Cobbler because a couple of people are really standing by it. Uh, but most people just say it's a real wreck. Yeah, well, I watched I watched Dead Pod Society instead, which is actually quite good. Oh, that's probably a better choice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I'm sticking to my chair. This is so bad. I haven't drank any water out here either, so... Um, I might sound a bit stupid. It's just because I'm like um, medically dehydrated right now. But it, I feel good because the movie's over now. So hey, did then, you notice? Oh, you go. At the start, I think that the movie's trying to tell us to pay attention to Coffee Guy. Because in one of the first shots of the movie where Carrie's giving everyone's backstory and how they're connected to her because the world revolves around Ms. Bradshaw. And she says that Charlotte uh, and her met when a homeless man dropped his pants. And a truck drives past Charlotte at that moment where the camera's directly on her. And what's in that truck? Coffee beans, guy. The but movie is directing us to pay attention. To, it's putting a red flag there to say, this is important. Pay attention to coffee and coffee-related personas. For a movie about coffee, I'm still so confident that none of the coffee cups contain any caffeine whatsoever. There's nothing in any of like, them, and you will never convince <laughs> me of otherwise. They're so obviously empty. And I think we Especially can, Biggs. We can also definitely, yeah, definitely Biggs not having any caffeine. He's been miming just to maintain the illusion that he's got any money whatsoever. Hugely. Um, but, and, and more than that, maybe the, that Michael Patrick King has got everyone's sedated theory, runs a little deeper, and he's sort of banned coffee outright from the set. Huh. And all the ga- yeah. all the gals are like, you know, it would be easier for us to act in this scene if we actually had coffee in our cups. And he's like, no. <laughs> but they're so docile, they can't actually like speak back in the same sort of energy realm. So they're just like, why can't we have coffee? He goes, you'll never understand. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think as a placeholder, because the girls needed something, he just started dumping all of his cigar ash into cups? <laughs> but they were like, you do you know what? It would probably just be easier if they were empty. <laughs> we'll imagine <laughs> yeah that's classic MKP he's a funny dude 
Hey, no shit, man. Charlotte's pantry. I've had bedrooms smaller than that thing. I really took a good look at the dimensions this week. And I was like, you guys are taking the absolute mickey with this thing. It's so ludicrously big. Well, yeah, I, I actually, I don't know what it was about the situation. I felt, I don't know if it was sympathy for Charlotte or myself, but the screaming children when she shut herself in the pantry really got to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there's something about it that, yeah. I mean, I was surrounded by screaming babies yesterday on the plane, so maybe it was a hangover from that. And I was sitting there, I was like confused and tired and kind of becoming irate, which is unreasonable. And I was like, what? Mm. You know, with my knees pretty much next to my ears, being like, what are these babies screaming about? They're never going to be more comfortable on a plane. <laughs> Isn't it? Was it while you were in the air or while you were not in the air? It was both. Because if it's when you're in the air, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Babies have yeah. shit ears. Well, I thought it could also be because they've found out, maybe they've just sort of developed the consciousness to understand that they'll never be as comfortable on a flight again. And so it's a scream for the future. That, <laughs> that's um, pretty bleak. Pretty bleak assessment of why a child might be crying on a plane. Um, hey, I got a new continuity error this week, which I was pretty proud of. You want to hear it? Yes. In the slow motion shot where the Aussie uh, rugby team who were there for the World Cup trials, once again, can't stress this enough, not a thing, couldn't even be a thing. Uh, when they've got the slow motion shot of them diving into the pool and we hear about uh, Samantha's diminished sex drive and how that is the end of the world, um, Miranda's actually in the back of shot tucking into some food with a knife and fork and I say, bloody good on her. Because so, despite the fact that these girls are surrounded by food the entire film, they're never seen eaten, except in that one shot. So she's she's tucking into a plate of, I hope steak. It was and fork. probably a defiant play by Cynthia Nixon, against the very direct instruction from Michael Patrick King not to consume any caffeine or actually eat any form of food whatsoever, lest the energy wake them from their comatose, and have them realise what's happening. Do you think? Oh. <laughs> Okay, let me check out what the continuity area is. When you go back to normal speed, so it's not in slow motion anymore, she's drinking a tall cocktail. So they're like two very different things that she's doing. But you only you only notice that if you keep your eye on old Professor Oak and see what he's up to um, in the back of shot. <laughs> you got but, it. Uh, do you think Michael Patrick King, like, he just kind of, he's very confused about world, world cultures and he heard something about Ramadan. So he's like, this movie is eventually shooting in the Middle East somewhere, so we can't have any coffee or food consumed anywhere on set. And he's just kind of got all these weird, disparate cultural norms and kind of fucked them up and thrown them in the pot. I feel like, yeah, he. I think he doesn't have... He's got a very loose concept on, like, grasp of time as well. Because on the wedding invitation, it said July 24th, and we've talked about how the timeline jumps all over the place. But July 24th, which would mean... You know, because it is July 4 when they're banging at the end of the movie, and it's August yeah. at some point. It's, I mean, it's just... August 3rd. No, that actually makes sense. If the if the um, wedding took place on July 24th, when Carrie wakes up in the middle of the night, from memory, it's the 3rd of August. So that's that's pretty... No. That's fine. Because Carrie said it's a few... She says it's a few weeks of sweet marriage with Mr. Big. Bef- like, in between. Ah. There's so many weeks apart. I mean, it's really... Oh, True. I also, oh, true. They re- I don't know. I've picked out some fun stuff this week to try and make it okay. Like, I thought, I thought that maybe, maybe one of the problems with the relationship, and this is probably just from repeated viewings, that's making me think about this. But every anniversary, 
uh, Carrie gets Big a really awesome gift. And every anniversary, Big just buys the latest TV. (laughs) (laughs) So he's just constantly trying to sneak a base and thinks that he could get away with it. He just keeps, and she's like, you know it's going to be redundant in a year. Why do you keep doing this? No, no, this one's got 3D technology. (laughs) This This is going to be the next big thing. You know how I got that full HD one last year? Forget about (laughs) it. Burn it. Throw it away. You already did. This one's got. Because you got real mad at me and I slept on the couch for a month. This one's got 3D though, baby. Now put these glasses on and be transported to a world you've never seen before a Jurassic World. (laughs) And he bought a Jurassic World. Yeah. And it also had a built in mini disc player. And Carrie's just like, (laughs) (laughs) what? God God bless you for bringing up that beleaguered, too oft forgotten technology. Well, the thing that Sony tried to cram down our throats for so long. This is this was Mr. Big's big idea from his big idea, Mr. Big's big idea of books. As he started, (laughs) Mr. Big, hold on, you were going to say it correctly. Mr. Big's big book of ideas. Yeah, so he's been buying up all the TVs in New York with whatever remains of their money, and. Himself, he's been hand-fitting them with mini-disc players. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's so, bloody good. So that you can soundtrack your own episodes of Deadliest Catch or It Happened One Night or whatever <laughs> black-and-white film you might happen to be watching. Do you know, so I used to, ha- I had several mini-disc players and they were fine. Ex- Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Except that the um, the software that you had to use that Sony put out, so it was like their early version of iTunes, 
it literally broke three family computers that we had. <laughs> just kept, kept installing it, and it would destroy the machine. <laughs> it's so bad. I can so imagine. So I don't know what kind of. I don't know what Big would be playing at trying to get these TVs out into NYC, but I feel like it'd be worse than, you know, when everyone thought the computers would shut down in Y2K? It'd be like he'd create his own mini-disc ushered in <laughs> tech apocalypse. <laughs> well, the thing is, because there were other signs, this, there's another sign this week I found, which um, it, that Big doesn't even have a basic understanding of finance or anything. Is that the TV show he's watching when he throws the remote away? It's a CNN show. I don't know if it's real or not, but it's called Money Summary. And oh yeah, <laughs> the show, as I understand it, is pretty much just an explanation from a man with white hair in a suit of how, like, what money is and how an economy actually works. The concept of money. And he keeps trying to watch this TV show every week, but <laughs> Carrie never lets him. So is he try like he's somehow stumbled his way through his good looks and deep voice and confidence. He's swaggered his way into a job that he's grossly unqualified for in control of billions of dollars, and now he's trying to start up from Economics 101 to figure out what exactly he's doing when he goes to the office day after day. So not yeah, not only is he trying to get this bloody mini disc in the TV business off the ground, but at the same time he's just yeah. trying to understand <laughs> what money is. Good on him. He's been winging it for too long. Too many bosses in that situation or middle management would just continue to wing it. But I say good on him for either having the fear that he's going to be found out and doing something about it or the passion of self-improvement to try and learn what the fuck he's doing every day while he's bashing keyboards. <laughs> good on him. Oh, man. I was just, I'm just drained. I feel like this movie sucked all of the muscles out of my body and I'm just a bag of flesh and bones. Oh, I'd like to um, extend uh, gratitude because I was definitely in the pits of despair last week, and I think <laughs> I think we really captured that on the microphone uh, and got that. Have out you, onto yeah, the did you listen back to that? Nah, I I don't want to go back there. You stirred um, up some real concern <laughs> amongst the fans. Hey, you stirred up some real concern amongst the listeners. I that's what I wanted to say. I wanted to say thank you very much for everyone who extended um, some concern and uh <laughs> support and just told me to stick in there it's much it's hugely appreciated it's much appreciated it's a good thing um i want to announce now and i'll do it at the end as well so you remember but i want to remind all y'all that guy and i are actually gearing up to go back to los angeles to do the podcast festival which is in um just a couple of weeks i think just a couple of short weeks it's on the 19th and 20th unless i'm mistaken of september and if you're not uh, able to go, which, you know, if you think about it statistically... It's quite likely. ...is you, then you can buy a streaming ticket uh, for $25. But if you use the code WORST, they only charge you 20 of their US dollars. And um, you get to watch the whole thing play out online, plus get access to the video for three weeks to go back and watch at a time of your leisure. And it's like... There are some big dogs at this festival. Yeah. The biggest dogs of all. And I saw this morning that uh, Andy Daly's going to be the guest on Spontaneous Nation for the Podfest oh, weekend, which is a, a, yes. a joy to hear. Hey, if you haven't got into Paul F. Tompkins' Spontaneous Nation yet, do yourself a bloody favour. I don't even know who I'd be talking to because I assume if you're listening to our one, you, you know about podcasts, so you'd know about that one, but you've got to get in on it. It's too no, good. We've got a whole, we've got a pocket of diehard Sex and the City 2 fans 
who don't know anything about podcasts. <laughs> oh man, that would bring me great joy. I'd like to think we're, we're opening up a new medium. We're inspiring fan fictions by proper Sex in the City two fans. I want to see some Tim and Guy fictions. That's what I would love. You're greedy. Uh, would, you're you're greedy, mate. You're a greedy guy. I know. I know. I know. But it would just like the. I'd really feel like. Um, Here's a fan, here's a fan, a fan fiction, fiction for you, me. Tim. Penned mm. by Guy Montgomery. Okay. The year is 2016. The month, February. Guy and Tim stop watching Sex in the City 2. Then what? Fuck, I don't know. I thought that was a pretty good fan fiction as it was. <laughs> I get, well, it's more of... Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Everyone cancel your literary works. A guy has nailed storytelling. In yeah, fact, don't bother writing anything ever again because nothing will be as good as what. Brevity is the soul did. of wit, said Michael Patrick King. I've got a shining <laughs> light for you, Tim. Oh, yeah, I forgot we did that. Hit me with it. Um. So when Samantha and Nikki start having loud sex at the big gay wedding... Yes. Big gay, big gay humans who all want to fuck Mr. Big because he's got no it's like idea. The music, it's like the music festival we have in New, or had in New Zealand, Big Day Out, Big Gay Wedding. <laughs> You've got to say it like that every time. Um, so they're having sex really loudly, and during the sort of establishing shot of the house, so that it's understood how loud it is, and we see sort of people milling around the entrance to the house. Uh, there are two guys in there's like a bunch of guys in suits, but I was sort of on the bottom right of frame. There's two guys in suits, and one of them has his hands around the neck and the head of the other guy. The t- a taller guy has his hand around the sort of the head and neck of a shorter guy, uh, and he's making like I wouldn't say aggressive advances, but what are undeniably advances? And the shorter guy's just not into it <laughs> at all. Oh my! <laughs> there's like a, it's not good. There's like two. There's kind of two movements where the taller guy's like, "Oh yeah, come on, but give us a smooch," and the little guy's like, "I ain't smooching you. I'm happy." Uh, and then the the little guy actually defers to the loud sex noises to sort of weasel out of it. And before you know it, the the shot's gone. But it's sort of, I mean, it's. I love that what you've just what you've just described takes place in probably two thirds of one second. I know, and it's so rich with story and detail. Like so many There's stuff happening there, huh? There are so many loo- character loose threads in this film which go untugged. You know how you tug on um, a loose thread? <laughs> yeah, I've got you, man. I'm on board. Uh, slow down the metaphor wagon. I need to really understand what you're talking about. What is a thread, guy? Like you know, if you got a, a if you got a jersey and it's got a loose thread. And you tug on yep, it. I'm there. And it, um, I'm going to give you <laughs> and it unravels. A I'm going to I'm going to give you my shining light now. Are you ready for it? Okay. Um, I like the fact, and this is not dissimilar from yours, that it just shows a bit of depth in what's happening with these characters. But Magda, uh, who is the housekeeper for <laughs> you're Steve in love Miranda, with now. <laughs> I'm not in love with her. I just think it's hilarious how blatantly she eyeballs the camera at science. She looks directly down the barrel like she's like what's it's like she's never seen a camera lens before and she's checking it out she is looking directly at you it's freaky but that's not my shining light because that already has been my shining light i think my shining light is the fact that i'd never um understood why she looked really uncomfortable 
when Steve says to Miranda that she should quit her job, stay home and help out around the house. She looks really weird. She gives this weird look and I never got it <laughs> until now when I figured out that would mean Magda would probably be fired. <laughs> and I love that. She probably wasn't given any direction for that, but she was like, okay, my character is a housekeeper. So naturally if Miranda's here, she's doing the cleaning up. There's nothing left for me to do. I'm out. And she gives a good old fashioned wince. At her <laughs> impending unemployment. Hey, that's a great shining light, Tim. Thanks, man. You're a positive. Was, you're a positive dude. Well, I'm a jobs creator guy. Well, that is to say, I like people creating jobs. I'm a fan of jobs creators. You you don't create jobs yourself. Also, I've got another. No. I've got a little bit of a, a conspiracy theory that you might be able to help me unpack quickly, Tim. Well, you know, uh, I'm always keen on them. So you know, after Garon is. Opening the opening uh, Carrie's mail and Samantha's yeah. mail for yeah. for whatever reason, uh, mm-hmm. and then Carrie has a big freak out at Charlotte for calling her on her shit, which yeah. still still shits me to this day. That like Carrie's freaking out about this bad review, and then she's like, "I can't write books as a married woman," and Big wants two days off from the marriage, and then Charlotte's like, "I thought you both wanted that," and then Carrie's like, "Charlotte." Now is not the time <laughs> to call me on the shit I was trying to sell you on the plane. <laughs> anyway, she goes barnstorming out of the fucking apartment or whatever. And Garon is like fully, he's up to something on the phone in the background of shot before he's like, where are you going? Like, yes. And he quite sort of tries to subtly hang it up. But 27 times you are in right. Montgomery spotted it. I know exactly the bit you're talking about. I, I, I've seen him do that. He does the whole thing where you put your hand over the receiver bit and gently yeah. try and get the phone away from you. What's going on there? What is going on there, guy? Garon is one slippery fish. He comes across as being this lovely guy, spins a yarn about his wife who lives in India that he barely gets to see, purely for the purpose of tugging at the heartstrings of our hero, Carrie Bradshaw. Why is he trying to infiltrate her? I know why. He represents a rival publishing house that has uh, many, I don't want to say chiclet, um, but I would say uh, no, strong they, they, do. they have many baby chickens. In their Lots stable. of little chiclets. <laughs> yeah. So they've got all of these baby chickens writing feminist literature <laughs> at this rival publishing house, and they're always in contention in, in that particular section of the New York bestseller list. Uh, with Carrie Bradshaw, who just keeps pumping out these insufferable volumes about nothing, just bloody having sex. We've all done it, mate. Guess what? It's nothing new. We've all done it. It was when she started. Since the beginning of time, we've all fucked. Revolutionary that you're writing it down in the book, some would say. Not me, though. (laughs) I'm not on board. I want more chicken-delivered feminist writing. And uh, I won't apologize for that. And that's why I think Garan is on the side of good and Carrie on the side of evil. You're a harsh critic, Tim, but a fair critic. I think so, too. Uh, well, it's almost... <coughs> Squeeb it a... Oh, jeez, it's hot over here. It's almost... Squeeb it a bobo. Squelch. Squelch goes the chair Tim sits on. Squelch. 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 a bar. Squeeb Squoosh. I'm hemorrhaging sweat, baby. Whoo. Scribble-a-hoo, it's hard. Scribble-a-hee-how. I'm losing a lot of fluid. Scribble-a-ba-ba. Scribble-a-boo. Scribble-a-bee. Scribble-a-ba-ba. 
Scribble Scribble What's he doing? Where is he going? What's he off to today? That's right. It's that time. Coffee guy. Three syllables, two words, one man, three seconds of film, a lifetime of enjoyment. What is he up to this week, guy? Uh well, Coffee Guy uh has actually recently moved to New York from a little known city called Stanton, Connecticut. Uh-oh. I think I see where this is going. Uh, it was a sort of a, a, a sleepy Connecticut suburb where he was the owner of uh, probably the most successful department store, certainly the most successful Kmart franchise in the state. Uh, and he's sort of been having a bit of... Um, he's, there's been some hooligans, not even young hooligans, Aged hooligans who have started coming in, spending hour upon hour in his store, mucking around with the hoses, mucking around with the exercise equipment, mucking around with the knives and the pretzels, uh, mm-hmm. and he's had it. I mean, the entire local police department is in Lenny Fader's pocket, so he can't really do much to get rid of them. So he's sold up. He's moved to New York City. All right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he figured this is a city that is so populated with other people that surely I'll find either a niche of company to enjoy or, you know, peace, peace and quiet, maybe in the, peace and quiet probably through the, the company of people he likes. Uh, and to meet these people, he's a big, he's a coffee fan. He's a foodie, if you will. Uh, yeah. He sort of goes to these, these local restaurant and cafe haunts. Um, but everywhere he dines, everywhere he goes for a cup of coffee, he runs into... Sort of a similar problem he faced in Stanton, Connecticut at his Kmart, which is these fucking harpies seem to be just within earshot every single goddamn time. So hold on. Sorry, has he... So he's... Okay, so he's in Stanton, Connecticut managing the Kmart, um, being run roughshod, couldn't get any help from the local authorities. The boys in blue paid him no credence. And... So he moved to New York. Is he sorry? Did you say he's a cop now? No, he's not a cop. Or he's just there. he's just in New York trying to trying to find himself and some trying to make his way. And this is the fir- is this the first? So like whenever he's in New York, he keeps running into these women. Is that what's happening? Well, yeah, just wherever es- he's at, essentially. And so he's he's sitting there and he's come up during that as he nicks the coffee. He's come up with a brilliant what he thinks is a brilliant business idea. I mean, he's pretty detached from reality at this point. Uh, yeah. So he's left the cafe with this great idea that he's going to have his ears surgically filled up with like semi-permanent earbuds. Uh, wow. So it's and, and who should he approach for the business idea? But he, he's he's read uh, an ad in the local paper calling mm. for business ideas from someone called Mr. Big. Wow. Who's got a bit of excess... Uh, Money on account of the success of Mr. Big's Jacuzzis. So, <laughs> well, as we all know, that that made one man very wealthy. That's indeed. right. And so, Mr. Big keeps getting sent all of these sort of unverified semen samples. Not something, he'd, not something he'd hoped for, obviously. But surely there's a business opportunity in there. And uh, him and Coffee Guy wind up teaming up and refining it with um, flour and water to make a very viscous sort of paste. Which is the essentially the the first prototype for this new exciting semi permanent earbud? Jesus, 
So once they're in your ears, is there no getting them off? Is that they're, like, no. they're there to stay? <laughs> not for a week. So it's, simi- it's similar to, um, it strikes me as a, a similar thing to like a cochlear implant, but the opposite, where it decreases your hearing. Yeah. Well, quite a concept, guy. Quite an adventure that coffee guy's on. I wish him all the best. I, I cannot imagine this business ending well, <laughs> personally or yeah, professionally. I, hard to see how it wouldn't create long-term <laughs> medical problems for the wearer, but um, I, I wish him all the best. Hey, that might have to do it for us right now, but um, we'll be back. And I think we probably, we're, we're, we're a little bit late off the mark on this one, so we might have to... <clears throat> catch a plane back to NYC sooner than um, sooner than either of us would ever dare like. Yeah. Uh, well, but we'll sort that out. While we're here, I might just selfishly take the opportunity in my ongoing quest to perform comedy to every person in the world. I <laughs> am currently in Sydney with quite a, a boatload of tickets, if you will. Uh, a lot of ticket runoff and overflow, if you will, available to see me do a show called Guymont Comedy. Uh, at the Sydney Comedy Fringe. So if you want the details, you can look it up. Uh, I've got a tweet pinned on the top of my tweets where you can click on the link and buy a ticket if you are so interested. Please tell anyone who might like to hear me talk for an hour. It's pretty much no semen-based content. That is at guy underscore mont if you want to get on that handle. And do yourself a favour, follow that man. Follow that man. I'd follow you. I'd follow you over. How much a cliff, is your show? Tim. What are you? What uh, are you charging people for this one? It's fifteen Australian dollars, but I will be distributing hugs afterwards to anyone who comes, and I'm pretty sure that that's not an insurmountable task, on account of the, <laughs> <laughs> on account of ticket sales as it stands. Ah, uh, festivals! Don't we love them? Um, very cool, man. I love that. Well, once again, to blast our own trumpet, uh, Google the LA Podfest. Please buy a streaming ticket and use the code WORST. Save yourself five bucks. It helps our show as well. And we're going to be in LA, which means you'll have, because we're going to do a gig there as well at Reese Darby's gig. Our, our mate Reese at Largo uh, on, I think, the 22nd of September. 21st. So you will have performed. No, 20, oh, is 21st. It? Is it a Tuesday 20, night, is it? No, it's Tuesday, 22nd. Sorry, you're right. 22nd. Um, you'll have performed comedy in three continents in like the last few weeks, which is pretty crazy. It is crazy. It's certainly uh, not as profitable as the you know as it, as it, as one might think. Yeah, it also means that we. This is Antarctica is probably too hard to get to. It'd be nice to try and watch Sex and the City two in each continent. I, I would have to get my ass to Europe at some point though. I'd have to get over. And to, you would have to come to, to Asia. And we'd both have to get to Africa. Oh, that would be excellent, though. And we'll just take that plane ride that doesn't exist that carry went on. You know, that famous route that takes you from New York City to Abu Dhabi? Uh, Abu over Dhabi, Africa. Over Africa. We'll just take that one. Joy of joys. Hey, Tim, I tell you what, while I didn't enjoy watching the movie this week, uh, it has mm. been fun speaking with you. Yeah, you too, bud. Uh, for everyone else out there, we never talk except <laughs> through these. So it's good to catch up. Um, I'm going to go <laughs> That's eat a breakfast buffet and have a quick dip in the pool. Oh, fuck you. All right. <laughs> I've earned this, motherfucker. After last week, I've certainly earned this. See you later. Bye. It's the worst idea of all time. It's the worst idea of all time. It's 
the worst idea of all time.